Welcome to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. The Pharmacy Future Leaders is part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, focusing on pharmacy student perspectives, interviews, and the future outlook of our pharmacy industry. This is Dallas Tobard, PGY1 Pharmacy Practice Resident at the Hunter Holmes McGuire Veterans Affair Medical Center, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Tony Guerra, for the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, broadcasting from DMAC Ankeny Campus. We're going to talk with innovative new pharmacy practitioners and soon-to-be pharmacy graduates. Connect with me on Twitter at Tony underscore PharmD or on YouTube at Tony PharmD, where you can find over 700 videos, pharmacy-related videos supporting my audiobook, Memorizing Pharmacology. Today, we are talking with Dallas Tolbert, a 2016 graduate from the University of Maryland, Eastern Shore. She's from Frederick, Maryland, and after graduating from the University of Maryland, Eastern Shore, she decided to pursue a career as a clinical pharmacist and is currently a PGY-1 pharmacy practice resident at the Hunter Holmes McGuire VA Medical Center in Richmond, Virginia. Her interests include ambulatory care pharmacy and advocating for patients who are in medically underserved communities. So Dallas, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you. Um, well, let's get started. Uh, everyone's leadership road is a little bit different. Let's start with where you are today and how you got into your current position. Uh, I, my leadership role started, a road started at my time at the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. It's an accelerated program and very small. Our class was about 60 students. So it really kind of forced me to take a take a seat and a leading role in some of the things that I wanted to get done. So if there were community service programs that I wanted to get done, um, you know, because it was such a small class, I had the opportunity to step up and do that and make a difference. Um, I got into my current position really through my leadership positions and through networking and attending various mid-year meetings and AS, a, APHA, ASP meetings. Um, so you, you've gotten uh, this small class, and then the college itself, uh, the College of Pharmacy, how many were actually in it? Because you only have three years, so mm-hmm. uh, that's maybe a, a quarter less students than most pharmacy schools have. So did you have 180 total? Is that about how many were at the school? Yeah, yeah about, give or take. Okay, so it sounds like you're going to get a lot of attention from the faculty. You're really going to know everyone on a first-name basis, and yeah. it's really going to be... Um, a very strong community within what I believe is uh, Princess Anne. I want to say I've driven through it, yeah. and we're from. I'm from Maryland, so I'm so excited to talk to you. And I'm. I we usually went down the ocean, all the way down to Ocean City. But can you tell us a little bit about Princess Anne in that area? Yeah, Princess Anne is about 30 minutes from Ocean City. It's a very small town, but uh, very laid back. Everyone knows each other. There are the eastern shore of Maryland in general has a really high number of independent pharmacies. So that was a really awesome opportunity. And a lot of our rotations were at independent pharmacies. And it's really cool to get the experience of working in a pharmacy and being a pharmacist in kind of an old school, uh, laid back type town. Um, yeah, you mentioned uh, when. Uh, sometimes the pharmacy pharmacist would be late. Uh, it it didn't really go from uh, the store manager to the supervisor to their cell phone asking why they were late. Uh, you mentioned that things were a little bit more uh, relaxed and that patients were a little bit more understanding. 
Yeah, I specifically worked at an independent pharmacy on Chincoteague, Virginia. Um, that's where I stayed while I was attending school at UMES. And it was a very laid back situation, very laid back environment. The pharmacist um, was the person that everyone came to in town for any kind of questions. In the summertime, it was always uh, bug bites and rashes, but uh, it's just, there's not, you're not going to get letters to management if it takes 20 minutes to fill a prescription and patients are really going to listen to your advice if you're going to counsel them about drug-drug interactions or any kind of uh, important counseling points. They'll really take your advice and listen. So it sounds like it's not really the two drive-through lanes, uh, two no. uh, pickup windows. Uh, rather, it's just uh, somebody who's serving their neighborhood. Uh, their neighbors know them, and even if the pharmacy was closed, they still might have the pharmacist's phone number to call them uh, after hours and and just exactly. give them a yeah. ring or even walk over and yeah. talk to them. Yeah. So it sounds like a really a uh, nice place to work, and and we'll talk about the VA in a minute. But do you see yourself going back to an area like that? Uh, we talked to uh, Brandon Gerleman, who's here in Iowa in Winterset, in a town of five thousand. He's so excited to go back. Uh, are you thinking about going back to a smaller community? Yes, I I aspire to return back to the Eastern Shore. I think the Eastern Shore is in need of pharmacists and clinical pharmacists uh, in the setting of outpatient clinics to manage some of the chronic disease states that we see. The Eastern Shore in general has a really high population of patients with diabetes and hypertension and hyperlipidemia. Um, and we'll talk about it when we talk about my residency, I'm sure, but that's what I'm really interested in. And I really feel like clinical pharmacists can bridge that gap. The Eastern Shore is very rural, and so patients sometimes have to drive maybe 30 to 50 miles to get to their closest doctor. So having pharmacists and clinic settings like that, I think, can do can do wonders for the community. And so that's really what I aspire to do. And that's awesome. I saw recently on a Facebook post, I want to say it was two or three days ago, that there was an article and it said, pharmacists were helping with patients in patients. And I thought that was a misspelling. I thought they meant inpatient versus outpatient. But it yeah. was that it's about a month to see a doctor, but they were <laughs> able to see the pharmacist in just a couple of days. And that really improved the veteran satisfaction. Uh, my wife works for the VA as well. She's really satisfied with her job. She loves working at the VA in Des Moines. Uh, so let's get into that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and um, let's... Uh, actually first talk about how did you fit the aspects of choosing, applying, and visiting potential residency sites. Uh, it sounded like the VA was definitely uh, a first choice, uh, but uh, what were, what was, how do you manage that within what is a very, very busy schedule? Yeah, my, the biggest, uh, the most helpful part for me was being upfront with my preceptors. I did a lot of my interviews and visits to potential residency sites in my last year, my what my third year, what's most people's fourth years, uh, while I was on rotation. And I was just upfront with my preceptors and telling them my aspirations, telling them what I wanted to do. And most of them are very supportive because they understand what it's like. They've been in that position where they go on interviews. And so, it's really just about, for me, it was about managing my time and really when I was visiting the places, getting a feel for how the environment was and how the people, what do the people's faces look like? Are they interacting with each other? How do I feel like I'm going to fit in that? Um, 
that was really what I looked for. So it sounds applying. like the culture more than uh, yeah. It it wasn't it wasn't about getting into um, some kind of uh, here's my GPA and here's my class standing and here's how many yeah. programs I was president of. Rather, it was just are these people that I would enjoy spending a year with? Are these people that are going to help me? Are going to encourage me? Yeah, are these people that are gonna have my you know my interest at heart and want to see me excel and want to give me the opportunities that are going to make me a better pharmacist in the end it sounds like uh, you had a a good experience i I know the umes is a relatively uh, new school and uh, you talked a little bit about becoming a leader and an innovator at maryland uh, eastern shore but uh, were there any opportunities or stories that really stood out? Uh, you uh, got some award uh, during one month where you did something exceptional. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, my role was uh, really as the treasurer um, and the vice president of uh, finance for APHA ASP. And I put on a lot of different kind of fundraisers, but that's really a lot of coordination, a lot of facilitation, a lot of getting people to sign up for things that they might not always want to. I Um, understand, sure. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, because ultimately what we fundraised helped us attend meetings, helped us do better things as an organization. Um, So that was really where a lot of my... uh, my praise and the, my awards came from I were my efforts. I being that. a little humble there because we, we gave away one uh, trip to ASHP for a, a fourth year that was uh, looking to go there. It's uh, you know expensive mm-hmm. to certainly you know go to Vegas and, and do all the things with that. But my yeah. understanding, if I read it right, was that you had 10, tri- or 10 uh, registrations mm-hmm. that you fundraised for. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we went off, we based off a point system and the members who participated the most and attended the most events and really were the ones contributing to the organization were the ones who got the most money back. But people got anywhere from $500 to $100 and it was a good amount of people. We raised a lot of money and I feel like that just helped us further our organization and grow all over. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you had a lot to talk about at the residency interview if you've got those kinds of things under your belt and those kinds of experiences, whether it's, uh, I think we focus a little too much on uh, titles, you know, was yeah. did I was I president of three organizations rather than uh, was I impactful, was I able to uh, support the president in this way, and was I yeah. able to be a leader in that way, so yeah. uh, that's fantastic work you did. Well, let's, let's learn a bit more about the VA. I visited my wife at the VA, but I... I don't necessarily get to see what she does day to day. And my understanding is that each VA is a little bit different, or mm-hmm. maybe a lot different. Uh, tell me, what exactly is it like working at your VA? Because you mm-hmm. told me that you chose yours specifically uh, because of its focus. So if you can tell me what the VAs are like and then what yours is like that maybe makes it a little different. Mm-hmm. So the VA system as a whole is really focused on helping veterans in the local area and also ones who might not be so close. Um, There are what's called community-based outpatient clinics for patients who live further away from the big medical centers. But the medical centers as a whole offer a lot of outpatient Um, A lot of outpatient providers and pharmacists who work in that area as well. Some, depending on the facility, offer inpatient, so it's an emergency room. Patients can go to the floor, have surgeries, colonoscopies, and then they also have 
the outpatient, which is what you would think about like retail. So that's where the prescriptions are filled. That's where patients are counseled and that's where they pick up their medicines. The Richmond VA was really good for me because it gave me a good balance of the outpatient clinical setting as well as the inpatient setting. So I forget the exact number of beds, somewhere around 250 to 300 inpatient beds. So there are a lot of patients in the hospital at all times. And so that really gives me a good experience of what it's like being on the inpatient side in an acute care setting. And then during the week, I'm in and out of the outpatient clinics, working in, uh, in the ambulatory care clinics and anticoagulation, uh, group pharmacotherapy. And then we also, my facility is really interesting as well because we have a pharmacist-run pharmacotherapy clinic in the mental health setting. And that's a really an up-and-coming area for pharmacists in mental health and helping to manage some of those medications. Yeah, that is absolutely an underserved uh, area there too. Yeah. So I asked what other clinical activities are you doing at the VA, but I feel like you've, you've really uh, hit on the ones uh, that are available to you. But if you had it uh, your way that you could um, do one or two activities the most, what would uh, be your uh, best activities or what would be those favorite activities that you have on a day-to-day basis? If it were up to me, I would be in the uh, group pharmacotherapy clinic all day. And in that setting, even as a resident, I meet with patients. They're my patients. I schedule them to come to see me and to follow up with me. I manage their diabetes, so I get their A1C and goal, depending on what their goal is, and you know everything's patient-specific. And so that can be either adding on oral medications, and it can be titrating their insulin. We also manage hypertension in that clinic, so I get to titrate medications, discontinue medications, add medications, and then hyperlipidemia, and really just ensuring that everyone is on the appropriate statin dose. So if it were up to me, I would do that all day and every day. That is what I love doing. Okay. Now you just graduated, right? Because it sounds like you're in a position that uh, I guess normally I would think that somebody would have to have been there for a long time, have BCPS. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're being given a lot more latitude than uh, is normal. I don't want to say normal, but maybe if if you were at a, a regular hospital, I feel like those privileges would have to come to you down the line. It sounds like the VA is very flexible and very trusting of their residents. Is that the case? Yeah, definitely. Now, everything I do is signed off on by my primary preceptor, but ultimately the decisions are mine. They're my plans that I want to do for the patient. And if there's something that the preceptor, you know, doesn't agree with or would prefer to guide me in another route, they do that. But they really give us the latitude to meet with patients by ourselves, to schedule follow-ups, to be in contact with the patients, because they know that that's what we want to do. And they're training us to do that so that we can have beneficial careers and just improve the patient experience. What I keep hearing from the new grads is, is autonomy. Do you feel that you have a lot of autonomy there? Yeah, I definitely do. And I think it's a good mix, though, of having autonomy, but then also having 
people to fall back on. So we had a whole orientation month where they oriented us to the clinics. They met with patients in the room with us, got us comfortable with it, and then slowly started to let us take the reins and do our thing. And But they're still always there. So there's always an attending in clinic in case anything happens. We can always go to that attending for advice, but they really just give us the latitude to do it ourselves. Well, it sounds like it's actually a really nice residency that uh, you get to do a lot that you want to do as well as uh, get the supervision and the, and the teaching that you you really want. And I, I know I've, I've heard very good things about the VA uh, as an employer for pharmacists and uh, as a place to go. So um, if you uh, could have it your way, um, what would be your perfect scenario after residency? Uh, July 1st comes and you are where? <laughs> Uh, hopefully on the Eastern Shore. I would really love to be in one of the community outbased clinics. Those are for the most rural patients and they're solely primary care offices. So that's really what I want to do is primary care and following up with patients for the chronic disease state. So doing that and doing what I love, but also helping the veterans of the Eastern Shore where I studied and where I got familiar with, a community I'm familiar with, helping those veterans would be ideal. That's what I would love to do. That's awesome. Uh, Here in Iowa, we have... uh, uh, the ability to immunize patients. We uh, have a couple of pharmacists uh, that can do yellow fever uh, vaccinations. Uh, I want to say you're in the VA, so you're allowed to do a lot of things, but uh, how is Maryland? I, I haven't been back in a long time. I don't know what you're allowed and not allowed to do. Uh, how progressive is the state now? Maryland's very progressive in terms of pharmacy. The Maryland Pharmacy Association is very proactive in every year, and I'm sure they do it more than every year, but I attended every year as a student, uh, going to the local legislators and telling them what's important for our communities to have and what's important for pharmacists to be able to do. As a pharmacist, we can immunize most things, uh, you know, the flu vaccine, pneumococcal, Prevnar, Um, shingles. We also can do travel immunizations as well. So hepatitis A, hepatitis B, uh, just not for children, I believe. We're not allowed to immunize children. Okay. I have to ask you though, because you're from Frederick, which is just north of where I grew up in Gaithersburg slash Darnstown. And there is a college of pharmacy that you could have driven to from Frederick. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to ask because I I don't know I I went to to Baltimore to the Baltimore University of Maryland and and the satellite campus wasn't there at the time and and mm-hmm. I think I would have lived at home and and driven to yeah. that campus so uh, what made you pick uh, the three year UMES program uh, over uh, the state school. Uh, Baltimore has a great program. Uh, you know I was really torn between which school to attend and then ultimately came down to I thought that I would be able to have a greater impact and have more innovation at the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. So it is fairly new. So the school has gives us a lot of leeway again to allow us to develop as future clinicians and I knew the setting and the community of the Eastern Shore. I was familiar with some of the problems and the health problems that the residents face. And I just really thought that my needs or the community's needs would best be served if I went to school there. 
Yeah, the yeah. eastern shore and, and the inside the or just outside the beltway is a completely different world. So I can yeah. I can totally see how if you're picking uh, based on a culture of wanting to help that underserved area, that rural area, uh, that would be a perfect choice. Well, I just have a couple of quick questions at the end here. Um, mm-hmm. What's your best daily ritual to keep your work on track? My best daily ritual has nothing to do with work. It's actually being outside. So I have two big dogs, so I walk them every day. And that just for me, being outside in nature, uh, you know, I think it was my time on the Eastern Shore that really did it. But the outside in nature really helps to set me and calm me because work is very stressful. And so that like keeps my mind right and helps me to have the best day that I can. Now, you told me that you took a bit of a gamble on hoping that one of the two sites that you, because you applied to only two sites, is that right? Yeah, I ranked two sites. You ranked two sites. So uh, what's the best (laughs) career advice you've ever received, uh, given that you are certainly willing to uh, take a chance like that? Yeah, the best career advice I've been given is really just to not be fearful, to jump for it and go for what you want and not worry about what could happen or what you might not receive is just to go for it and what's meant to be will be. That's awesome. And what inspires you? My family inspires me, really. My mom and dad kind of did their own thing, forged their own path. So them, they inspire me as well as my younger sisters. They're all uh, doing their own thing too, which is great. And then just the ability and knowing that I can have an impact on someone else that, you know, I could get someone's diabetes in control so that they never have to worry about a kidney transplant or, you know, having cataracts, like those are the things that really inspire me and help me to stay on track with what I want to do. Well, I know some people would be interested in talking to you. What would be the best way for someone to contact you? You can find me on Facebook, uh, Dallas Tolbard, and really everything is the same. You can find me on Twitter on Dallas Tolbard, on LinkedIn as Dallas Tolbard. Uh, so any of those modalities. Not the most common good. name then. <laughs> okay. No, I'm very easy to find. Yeah. I think I'm the only one. Okay. Well, that's how I met you. Uh, Brandtastic uh, RX uh, said, I yes. know this person that's awesome over at UMES. You should interview her and yes. I appreciate her. And so we'll give her a shout out as well. Uh, yeah, so Brandy's we'll- great. She's She was a great help. She was a year ahead of me and she really helped me get through UMES. So I think it sounds like the the mentorship, the faculty, yeah. uh, the culture, uh, everything just fit what it is that you wanted to do. And it sounds like uh, it's just I can hear the joy and the happiness in your voice, the alignment that you had with what you wanted to do and the school mm-hmm. that you ended up at. And that uh, I think now the students do have a great choice. And uh, because of that choice, you're able to go to a school uh, that you want to be at serving the uh, yeah. population that you want to. Dallas, I really appreciate you taking time out tonight uh, to be on the Pharmacy Podcast. Thanks very much. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for the opportunity. If you'd be interested in being on the Pharmacy Podcast, please reach out to me at Tony underscore PharmD on Twitter, uh, or you can email me at aagara at dmac.edu. If you are interested in sponsoring an episode of the Pharmacy Podcast, contact Todd Yuri through uh, the website, pharmacypodcast.com. We thank you so much for listening. 
Thanks for listening to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. Be sure to share the show with the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders. 